0: Recorded live from the mats of radical MMA in New York City. The Martial Culture Podcast. Your source for in-depth combat sports and martial arts insights with, with Coach, Coach Rene Dreyfus, Dreyfus and, and Matt, Matt Peters. Peters. Ring the bell and let's get Hello. it on. Hello. Welcome. We got another episode of the Martial Culture Podcast. We missed last week because Renee was off being a good husband I had a great time. It was an architectural tour around New York City on a boat, and we
1: hit the awesome. major, you know, like uh, famous architectural sites. And it was nice. It was Columbus Day. So beautiful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Indigenous Peoples Day actually. Indigenous. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Indigenous Peoples Day. Right. So, but a lot has happened in the next, the last week and a, a half. A lot. So much. So much. Yes. Wait, what? What? <laughs>
1: I've been, I've been out of the loop. Did, did I, did, were there any big fights lately? I don't know. Not really.
0: No. There's some more coming up, though. Uh, I lost a bet. <laughs> yes! But I feel like I still won because Habib won. Yes. In a very fantastic he fashion. He did win. He made and, he, him tap. and
1: and the first thing I thought when he won was like, yes, I get to tase Matt now. <laughs>
0: I love how I'm the first thing you think of
1: when you're being I was, I was the other. first you know, it's funny, but I used to never understand betting. And now that I <laughs> bet with you, now. it's like I get I understand why people bet. It makes it so much more fun to watch sports.
0: Yeah, I understand why people don't bet. <laughs> or continue to bet, because you're gonna win eventually, I know <laughs> <laughs> Right. I'll no,
1: win. no, you and it's the adrenaline rush for sure. Um and, and, and addictive, you
0: know? It was uh, really bittersweet because I was watching the fight, and, and when he won, I was like, yeah, awesome. He beat fucking McGregor. And then, oh, man. <laughs> and then I get a text five minutes later. <laughs> not even, not even yeah, five was, seconds. Seconds later, yeah, I know. I Faunting was like, me. I had
1: my phone in my hand ready to text you. I'm sure you did. <laughs> because I knew, you know, going back over the fight, I knew he was going to kill him in the fourth round when I saw the way he came in. You know, he didn't even sit on a stool for one of the rounds. No? Yeah. He didn't even sit on a stool. He's just sitting there talking. And uh, But let's go over the fight. It was a really interesting fight and, um, and there's a lot that happened in that fight, a lot of good, a lot of bad, a lot of bad. And not talking after the fight. I'm talking specifically between those four rounds that were really problematic, um, the cheating. I mean, that was. Yeah, McGregor. Went oh all my, over the place. Oh, my God. And you, if you look closely, you, you know, there, there's, a, there's a couple articles saying, oh, he, he put his fingers in a glove, he did this. He actually punches K- Khabib in the balls to grab his shorts. Mm-hmm. Like he punches his fist in and grabs his shorts to stop a knee. I they mean, it's it a know. blow, blow, and a short grab—two things at the once—and okay. <laughs> and fingered the gloves, grabbed the fence, kneed him in the head from side control, yeah. which is actually a kind of dangerous move.
0: But then an elbow right to the back of the head. Yes.
1: And what did Herb do? Nothing. Nothing. He, he told him to stop. Right. And for and, one of the things, I think. Yeah, and I understand. Um, you know, in the middle of the fight, it's hard to say, but at the, the end, it was so consistent. And so um, egregious. And you know, honestly, this is what McGregor McGregor is. He's not a martial artist. You know, someone I like, I I mean, like someone like George St. Pierre would go down on a shield in an honorable fashion. Mm -hmm. That's not McGregor. McGregor's like, I will do everything I can to keep this hype train going and keep my ego intact, including being the dirtiest consistently dirtiest fighter I've seen. I mean, I've seen one or two dirty moves like, uh, Lee who I gouged the other fighter, Mm -hmm. but an entire fight consistent. We haven't seen that since Gilbert Evel. And that was 20 years ago, uh, who was, you know, basically banned from MMA because he was so dirty. Mm -hmm. This was one of the dirtiest fights I've ever seen from McGregor. It was, it was disgusting Mm -hmm. and, and consistent. And you can see in every single round after the first where he knew he was in trouble He's like, I'm going to do what I got to do. I'm going to cheat. If I have to cheat, I don't care. I'm going to do what I have to do.
0: Yeah. Not too many people are talking about it. No, I know. It's just really it's overshadowed disturbing. by all the other it, stuff. Exactly.
1: But, but it's still valid. It's, it, 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 it was terrible. Now, you know, Khabib, uh, Khabib was really looking for body control. And at every single moment, McGregor was trying to, I mean, especially fingers in the glove, you know, trying to disrupt that body, grabbing the fence, trying to disrupt that control and he knew he was drowning. He was absolutely drowning, mm-hmm. and um, which just goes to show that you know I wouldn't say so much that McGregor was a paper tiger, but he you know that there was a, definitely a hype train around him that shows that he is a, a, a quite lacking in, in certain aspects of the game. Mm-hmm. Now, so you know for sure, fantastic striker and and actually very good takedown defense. The, you know you don't got to give this guy credit. He it didn't look so great in this this fight, but um, but he he had some 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 good moments of of, of takedown defense early on, and and right. in other fights too. And uh, he he's a great fighter. I hate to say it, he he is a great fighter in certain elements, but he's he needs to work on other dimensions. Mm-hmm. And you know the, the 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 star of the hour, Dylan Danis, who you know <laughs> um, Dylan Danis is not the person he should be working with. Right. You know this is a person who's not going to prepare you for that level. Of, of competition. This is not. Yeah. And, and you know, when that's why he was just so overwhelmed. You're not training with the right people. You're not probably not training in the right way either because Dylan Dennis does not know how to train the correct way. He just doesn't have the experience in the MMA world. You have to get someone like he should have like called up Randy Couture and said, Randy, Randy, what do I have to do to stop someone like you who's a little bit more of my size? Mm-hmm. You know, he should have called up someone like that. he says, I am a smother ground, Tito Ortiz, you know, those old school smother ground and pound. Yeah. That's really what Khabib's style is.
0: Yeah. I was surprised that they, they stood up as much as they did. I mean, yeah. They were exchanging strikes. And then that's kind of wheelhouse.
1: Right, right. And, and, and I, I actually, I'm not, I'm not so surprised because Khabib is, is a man who wanted to get the job done. And he knew. He's like, if I just shoot in blind. Then I'm going to get sprawled out. So I have to make him fear my hands. Mm-hmm. I have to make him fear my hands and fear my shot. So if McGregor fears the hand, fears the the punching, his hands will come up a little bit, mm-hmm. and the shot becomes easier. And you see, over in the rounds, over and over again. But you know, it, it goes down. And I want to I want to talk about something you know a little bit side on if we get time today. But I had this I had this kind of very experience with um, someone. Um, who comes from, again, the combatives, like street fight world, and says, you know, there's no re- reason to train MMA because MMA fighters in the street, you know, don't fight like MMA fighters. So MMA is not street fighting. And this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But anyway, I want to talk about that. But I want to show you that all this analysis of, you know, because if you go to the pre-fight, I posted some of the pre-fight analysis of McGregor's footwork and his angles and this and that. Everybody's talking about this and that. And you know what could be beat him with? A good jab. <laughs> <laughs> that's it the first punch you learn he stood in it walked him down kept his hands up like Nate Diaz did and just popped that jab popped that jab and McGregor had to respect it you just you know you know, nothing beats the ABCs mm-hmm. even at the highest level fight the biggest fight of our time one of the highest level fights promoted in MMA not obviously McGregor McGregor Mayweather was bigger but you know in MMA this is a really big fight when I was coming here downstairs at the lobby they were talking about it just now Ah. A week, a week later, they're, yeah. they're really yeah. They're just talking. They pulling up the the fight, uh-huh. and not just the you know the they weren't not just the riot, but the whole the whole thing. Yeah. And um, and you know one of the biggest fights. What does it win by? The very first punch you ever learn in boxing, <laughs> the jab, just the simple keep your chin down because Khabib used to never do, and jab walking around jab make him feel the jab, and then he started he started bobbing weaving doing other stuff because he felt confident with that jab, mm-hmm. and the same thing went ten years ago. George St Pierre, he's like hmm. My shots are going to get really easy if I have a really good jab, mm-hmm. and and so you know Javier Mendez, who is Khabib's trainer, is no striking slouch. And McGregor holds his you know his front hand down a little bit. Pop, pop that jab, pop that jab. That hand comes up. There you go. And it was a combination of great takedowns and and a very good use of the jab. Yeah, basic boxing.
0: It was a great fight. Yeah, yeah. I was on. I was watching the whole thing. I didn't look away. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No, very no... very exciting
1: fight. Yeah. Um. A little bit competitive, more competitive in, in the in the the first round than I thought. People are saying that, but obviously, Khabib won it. Um, but people are saying that the the second round was dominant, and people were saying that the third round, you know, was more um, McGregor. And I want to say that it really wasn't it. What what Khabib was doing was recharging, because you know he was getting ready to ramp up for the finish. And I I mean I knew it. He was like. All right, he's, he's going in. He's going to recharge those muscles and finish. And what really bothered me, it bothered me towards the end, is he, he, you know, Khabib broke McGregor, which didn't bother me. McGregor didn't even fight. He didn't. He was so exhausted and so beaten down. He went out a little bit like a chump. And I hate to say that because, you know, I really don't like disrespecting fighters. But he just didn't even fight that
0: choke. He
1: didn't even fight it.
0: He it didn't just, even look like it was down that that well at the beginning like he could have got the, out of that in the
1: beginning think. it I, I have to look at it again but I think you're right I have to look at it again but I think in the beginning it wasn't quite as tight at the end in the end the last picture yeah, I thought yeah, it, was, yeah. it was really tight but but I I you know I have to watch it again but I think you're right I think you're right Um, but he didn't fight it he didn't yeah. fight it he just mentally broke and in our last podcast I said could McGregor get in Khabib's head and the answer was not until the end of the fight. Like he pushed it to some corner of his brain yeah. and then it exploded, exploded out. Of it. But but in the fight, it was the other way around. M- you know, Habib was just all over McGregor and anything McGregor tried to do, he just stomped it. Mm-hmm. And and then the little bully crawled up and died. <laughs> and which which is is a wonderful thing. Yeah. Um uh I have a lot of respect for certain things McGregor does, but I just don't have a respect for his person. And I certainly think he's a unit dimensional fighter, and he was definitely overrated, which I've always said he's mm. overrated. And yeah. when someone comes down like this, he this is Chad Mendez McGregor all over again with with Chad Mendez having a good camp. Mm. You know, Chad Mendez took that fight, and and but one thing McGregor did, which is really interesting, was um, you know try to try to use certain positions to. To slither out. And and I know I understand what he's trying to do. John Kavanaugh was on Joe Rogan kind of talking about it, where they were like, we're not gonna try to get up. We're gonna try to slither out and not use the energy. It completely failed, but it was an interesting attempt at efficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, in the very first round, you kind of see him do it where he gets his legs caught and he's just kind of sitting against the cage and just just moving his shoulders, moving his shoulders, and not really trying to explode up. Mm-hmm. That was interesting and, and I respect that because you know the whole idea is try to be efficient and fight with efficiency but he was technically doing it wrong. I mean he was trying the right thing in the wrong way mm-hmm. and, and um, he has to – when you do that kind of thing, you have to engage more levers and when you're back as a cage, you're kind of sitting and moving. It was the right idea but he had to engage more levers. It was interesting that he was, he was really trying to slither out. But uh, – which he did try to do it against Chad Mendes too, but but it didn't work. It didn't work. Um, he needed to train with people on a higher level
0: yeah. to prepare him for that. So does Conor McGregor go the same way as every other uh, failed UFC champion, the WWE? I don't know.
1: I don't know. I think everybody was saying that he would retire after this, but
0: uh, we need so much won. money.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think he was so broken after that fight. He was so sitting. Do you see him sitting in the corner? Just, yeah, yeah. Just, he's just a broken, sad little boy. I don't think he wants to go back there. And there's a whole crop of guys because when he became champion, there was a lot of injuries and and people not um, who could challenge him weren't weren't up to up to play. You know, Eddie Alvarez. I respect him, but he's just not you know was was not a very strong champion. Mm-hmm. No, no disrespect. Um, and. Um, there were just a lot of guys that, you know, that McGregor, not only by his own fault, but he just didn't face because they were injured or what have you, right? Yeah. Now that's not the case. He's got a line of guys ready to tear him apart. And also, now that he's been defeated, you know, at his weight class, they're like, oh, we could break him. Yeah. We can break him. You know, once you once people see that you're not invincible anymore and they, they see your
0: strategy, yeah. you know. Um, I wonder, I mean, he's definitely would still be a draw. Yeah, yeah, because he so. would bring the the attention. But does he want to continue down the path of being a phony draw? Because I mean, he that wasn't a it was a good fight, but it was well one sided. Yeah. Very one sided. Yeah. So I don't know if I would pay for him to be a main event again.
1: I mean, I would. I would see it, was it.
0: P- promoted the right way.
1: Right. I mean, he. Um, but I don't think. I don't know. You know, bullies when they get exposed, they they go away.
0: So um, I think the first phone call he got when he when he turned his phone on was from Vince McMahon because he would do amazing in WWE. Mm, Yeah, yeah, he's got that. He's got that mentality. Yeah, yeah. but this is not a a fake fighting podcast.
1: Yeah, Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't think he'd do WWE because you know um, he's already really wealthy. Yeah, he doesn't need the money. And and, And that's a lot of work. Yeah, and it really destroys it destroys your body. So uh, more than MMA. So why would he do it? You know, and also he'd probably have to shoot up stars because he's he's for a guy he's a bit it's small.
0: You know, maybe he could just be like a, a face, like he can just talk shit, but not actually fight.
1: Yeah, it wasn't there? Didn't um,
0: was it Mayweather or someone? Some other boxer did that for a while.
1: Like he would show up to the pro wrestling, but he would never actually do pro wrestling.
0: Uh, Mike Tyson did it a couple of times. Oh, really? He right. went to WWE and yeah. just talk, just talk. Never, right. never fought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Donald Trump also went to WWE. Well, <laughs> so we won't go down that road. Um, I heard that. Uh, I don't have verified sources, but I heard that Khabib was calling out Mayweather. Oh no, I didn't Did hear you that. you Heard anything about that?
1: No, I I just this, the the issue right now is that you know because of the brawl, and you know this is this is my take on it. I don't want to spend that much time on it because um, if you're so surprised about that brawl, but you watch the fight, you are a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're so like, oh my god, that was so terrible, you know, honestly. Conor McGregor should not be in the UFC because he did something criminal. Yeah. Once you open up that floodgate gate and you allow that, like you know that to pass, mm. what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, and and
0: you can't punish Habib. Yeah. And not punish McGregor. It's just stupid.
1: You know. Now it's now, too late now. I, yeah, it's too late now. And also, I'm not saying Habib, you know, should get a pass either. But what I'm saying is, you know, look, this is a circus already mm. that you just added to it, and you know. After Dylan Danis, who is just one of my least favorite people in the world, you know, Um, he's just, you know, just disgusting trash talker. Um, He kind of deserves it. And and you just talk crap like that. And you could tell that the tension – all those months, and you know, for our last podcast, I listened to a lot of what Conor McGregor said to Khabib in those, you know, in the those mm-hmm. pre. Did you listen to some of it? It was just terrible. Yeah. It was just terrible. It was terrible, and and I was like, oh my god! And he just put it in the side of his brain, and right after the fight, he just exploded.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. All that tension, all that, I, and you know, generally speaking, Habib. If you look at his past fights, he's a great sportsman. He goes over and almost every fight, he hugs his opponents. He doesn't like. You know, go crazy on him, trash talk. or So this is just a, an aberration because of the nature of the circumstance. The group, yeah. UFC created a circus and Khabib became part of it. And yeah, that's the, it. And they're both— Wound up uh, and then exploded. It's That's right. That's right. And, um you know, also, if you put two animals in a cage and you think it's not a zoo, you're wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, you people are— you know, it's silly. Now, I personally, and this is, you know, we talk to, you know, um, a lot of segments of the martial arts community here, and like we said before, a lot of people, including our old, our old guest, you know, Chris Romulo, don't like the UFC because of that razzle dazzle mm-hmm. hype train. And I don't particularly like it, but, you know, that has been part of MMA and Valley Tudo forever because fighting attracts both. Good, good characters and yeah. bad. It we, just does. We heard
0: that when uh, Jillson was right.
1: There. Exactly the, the the big riots in Rio and yeah. the, you know so it's fighting attracts honorable people and dishonorable people mm-hmm. and that's a fact. Look at you know you have on one side you have Damien Maya and and Loto, Loto Machida and George St Pierre and all these guys who you and Marcel Garcia who fought MMA once, um, all these guys who Jacare as well who are just really. Um, you know, and and DJ, you know Demetrius Johnson also put in there. Just great, nice people who are just, you know, great role models and people you you would respect and love to hang out with and wouldn't mind having your kid look up to. Mm-hmm. And then the other side, you have Chael Sonnen, Colby Covington, and you know Conor McGregor, who you're like you just love to hate, <laughs> and 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 or or legitimate people like. Um, who are really bad, like really bad guys, like Gilbert Yvel, who you know eye gouged people and yeah. and blinded Jar um, Gordeaux who blinded Yuki Kai for life in a Valetudo fight. Um, like legitimately really bad guys, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, and the the UFC fighter from England who became a bank robber. Um, Shoot, I forgot his name. um, he became a bank robber, and like you know, was in prison now for life and
0: um what well, about war machine, that guy and a, war
1: machine, yes, oh. of course, right, exactly yeah. that's another example right I forgot that one and and you know for for every you know for honestly i in the fight game for every war machine we know about, there's one hundred we don't
0: I mean people get into a combat sports right, I they, mean there's some they want to fight they' yeah, yeah it's yeah. a violent it's violent a violent sport. game, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: and you know what honestly that these people have an outlet that has some oh allows them their, their darkest uh, side of their personality to get a vent yeah. and and get that out rather than join a gang is maybe a, not a bad thing who yeah. knows uh now that we that we certain people look at it and use that and look up to it and think it's a good thing is wrong now this is my problem with wwf is because WWF is all the razzle dazzle. It's all the idiocy, and and people love they eat that up. So it's not it's not the the I mean the violence in the cage was way more intense and 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 brutal than yeah. than just could be jumping over the head fence. And he actually Khabib didn't actually hit Dylan. Like he tried it, and then Dylan hit him, and that was it. And it was great. So there was actually in terms of actual violence. On the violence scale, it was zero to ten. It was a zero point zero zero one. Mm-hmm. So, what happened in the cage is way more violent. Mm-hmm. So, what was that out? What we did is we broke these social norms, and that's what people don't like. But yeah. the problem is, the, the 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 Donald Trumps of the world, you know, the, the the pro wrestling of the world breaks those social norms. That's what gives them their 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 um, popularity. And so it's just, I think, um, I think it's kind of hypocritical. But for me personally, I don't enjoy that. And um, if people do, I can't really comment on it. It's always been a part of the fight game; always has. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I don't think we should we should respect it or elevate it. But it will always be there because it's a part of our
0: human nature. Right. Uh, unfortunately, I was surprised that the uh, the on the UFC the pay per view they pulled the cameras back. They didn't show it. Like as soon as they saw it get crazy, they pulled back. Wait, right, um, and I was expecting the opposite, mm, but it's kind of nice that they didn't they did. play into it.
1: I, I think you know the team that's 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 in the UFC now is still mostly the, the production team, the team that was there during the Zuffa reign. I mean, it's a couple different guys here and there. Goldie's not there, and but but the camera crew in the back and and the Zuffa time was a time where they really tried to sanitize MMA and make it like NBA. Mm-hmm. But then again, NBA, you know, has these fights all the time, and there was—I remember—I don't know how many years ago—but there was this huge riot. The guy goes in the stands and starts beating up a fan, and you know, like it's Run not like—I'm sorry, <laughs> Ron Artest. Was that that the name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and uh, and then uh, you've seen it every sport where sure. we where they break the norm. So whatever. Um, however, they were trying to sanitize MMA, and and I think you know it's still that's our natural uh, when we when we when MMA started, and I'm, I'm kind of like you know one of the early day guys. We were always saying what's good for the sport because back then. It was not even on pay per view. <laughs> you couldn't. I remember it was pulled from pay per view. This was in the late '90s, and, and we're like, "How do we, in this tiny community, grow the sport?" And whenever we did something, we're like, "Is this good for the sport? Is it bad? Is it good for the sport? Is it bad?" And you know, will this help the sport grow? And now that the sport's grown, everybody's like, "Whatever, dude." And but there's still some people who've been there a long time. We're like, "Hmm, I don't know if this is good for the sport." They're still there, so I think that one of those people were like, "Hmm, this is not a good look. Let's pull mm-hmm. it back. This, this is not a good look." But I guarantee footage of this will be played over and over again oh, yeah. for their rematch. Yeah, phone, <laughs> cameras, everything. All the time. The UFC is going to milk this for, whatever, for every single yeah. penny it's worth. Like I was disgusted to see the, the attack in, in Brooklyn being played. Yeah. I mean that was disgusting. That was already disgusting. Like mm-hmm. you know you should not play that. That should not be part of the pre-fight you know, uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know so the, you open the doors to the gates of the circus and even a little – and you think then they then when the when Khabib kicks the door open or Conor McGregor kicks the door open even further, you complain you're a bunch of hypocrites. Mm-hmm. But then again, you know I have to agree with Chris Romulo, uh, who is you know he talked about it. He doesn't even watch UFC because he's like I, I refuse to support this. I, I have to understand that's a that's a very honorable position, um, but it gives it's definitely. I don't know how – I'm conflicted because I don't like what they do but it, it's a place for that energy as long as we don't elevate that energy, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and there's always – you know for every Conor McGregor, there's always a Demetrius Johnson, you know? And I think those guys actually outweigh the bad guys and it's sort of like a struggle for our own, our own souls as martial artists, you know? I talked about this in, in our Hero's Journey podcast. That most people come to martial arts broken in some way, you know? Like they're messed up. And a lot of times it could be there, not just messed up with insecurities, whatever. It could be just kind of violent people, and it learns self control. Mm-hmm. But not everybody does. So the martial arts itself, including the traditional martial arts, supposed to be like so emotionally superior. There's a whole lot of guys who are real jerks. They're out of control, bad guys, and um, and um, so at every element of martial arts is a struggle for your soul. Are you yeah. going to be a jerk? Are you going to be an a hole? Or Are you going to be? Uh, Something more productive in a positive member society.
0: Well, that that brings up my favorite a hole who's back. No, not you. <laughs> uh, John Jones is back. Oh, right. I'm yeah, so yeah, excited. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't want to talk too much about him because it's like two months away, uh, but I'm so excited. No, and you know what? The fight has been announced. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, please. Uh, I hope he stays away from the drugs and we actually <laughs> see a fight. <laughs>
1: right. You know, as I understood, the reason why his suspension was cut short was because actually. It was a. They proved without a doubt that it was a tainted substance that he took. Like he took some protein powder and it had some in. So you know what? I mean, you know, he's caught for cocaine and all these other things, but mm-hmm. this last drug test, the, the positive one, um, he wasn't a cheater because they proved without a doubt, at least as as far as I know, that he just took a supplement and um, it had
0: something in it that he didn't think it had in it. Yeah. And, and it That's was great.
1: Worse. And, and you know what? That's happened to a lot of fighters, including fighters I know,
0: where they just go to GNC. Well, USANA has. They've really. Uh... Yeah. Widen the amount of substances that are illegal,
1: right? But so, it's also like you know when you buy stuff at GNC, it, it says it has this and this and this in it, but a lot of times it has other stuff yeah, too. Yeah. It's
0: you made in it a factory in the basement of somebody's yeah. apartment, so yes. who knows what's really right. in it? You just
1: got to watch what you're doing, and it's irresponsible him to take that. And yeah, 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 but you shouldn't. Your career shouldn't be derailed for six years because you bought something at
0: GNC. And, Why did and, it take so long?
1: Yeah, well, because he tested positive before,
0: you know, for yeah, other stuff. It's so, it's so you know. Long like, that-
1: it's, serious, it's a serious charge, so yeah. I, I think it's legit. You yeah, know? To go through the... Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, but you're excited that he's going to
0: fight. I'm excited he's back. Yeah, I've seen you know, his Me training too. videos and things. He's, I, he's, and a, again, he's a big I, boy. I'm know. a
1: hypocrite because I hate everything he does out of the cage, but technically I learn from every single time he fights. He's. Yeah. You know, I, I really hope he fights uh, DC again. <laughs> <Yeah. He's laughs> been pretty clean I hope girl. he fights DC at heavyweight. At heavyweight? Because DC's coming up fight is a joke.
0: Yeah. It's a total joke. Yeah, Derek Lewis <laughs> – who, I mean, he won against... No, oh, he's
1: he's my favorite, like, I'm going to say... He's outside like the, the ring. He's funny <laughs> he's as hell. hilarious. <laughs> Have you seen some of the memes of him?
0: No, not recently. Okay, so, no. so
1: so there's a picture of him, and and he's, you know, in his fight shorts, or not in his fight shorts, in his yes, underwear, anyway. and then there's uh, flames coming out of his underwear. He's like, <laughs> he's my out. balls are hot. <laughs> For those who don't know, let's say he took his shorts uh, midway through after the the interview. Midway through the interview after the fight, he took his shorts. Which Did you see the fight? It was the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. It was
0: two giants just like hugging each other. It was so.
1: Oh, no. But I mean he lost every single exchange. Not round. Every single exchange. And the fight was about to be stopped maybe four or five times. And (laughs) he didn't do anything. He was exhausted. And then with one punch, he knocks him out with 10 seconds left.
0: Yeah. It was amazing.
1: It was. (laughs) It was hilarious.
0: I love uh, Joe Rogan trying to keep his composure at interview interviewing him. He's like, why'd you he, take your shirts off? My balls are hot. <laughs> <laughs> and he has to like continue the interview, and then he starts talking about Donald Trump and stuff. And
1: yeah, I know. he's just he's just he's being, a crazy. He, guy. He's crazy. And there's a uh, there's some he's funny. He's very funny. He, you know, why he doesn't like Daniel Cormier why? because he feels Daniel Cormier disrespected Popeye's Chicken in his Popeye. <laughs> like, can't disrespect Popeye's Chicken. Well, <laughs> it's hilarious. You can't. You know, and, and, but again, um, the heavyweight division right now is going through what the 155 did. Is the, it's it's lacking some talent. It is very much so. So um, it, why know, did they not give Stipe the? He's probably suspended. Stipe? No, because uh, you know you get knocked out, you, you have to take some time off. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You every every you have a mandatory suspension of six months and sometimes longer uh, if if you need it. And also, you know, he probably wants to spend some time with his kids or retool his game too. You know, no, you don't want, kids, don't want to jump from fight to have you
0: seen his kids? No. What was wrong with his kids? They're just brats. <laughs> they're from oh. Ohio. Uh, so he's Your yeah. your brother-in-law is not going to be happy. He's going to tell Stipe that. You know, he actually mentioned something. I, I don't remember saying this, but he, he sent me a text the other day. He said I was talking about wrestling and how wrestlers are weak. And I don't remember saying that. <laughs> But he says I did, and it was recorded, so I must have said it.
1: No, but, but you, I apologize. you joke. No, but you joke around
0: a lot. Like you, you, you make sarcastic comments a lot. Yeah. Like I would never try to fight him at all. My gosh, he's he's he he hasn't wrestled in probably. I don't know, 15 years, but he would destroy me in 10 seconds. You know, you have that
1: your, – your, your brother-in-law is, is – um, he's a really cool dude. And uh, I was so glad to meet him. And you could tell that he spent a lot of time wrestling. And I, I kind of have it a two, but not as much as he does. But when you spend years grappling, even if you don't actually do anything, your, your muscles kind of stay that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could just tell that he's one strong dude. Mm-hmm. Like that guy is just strong. He's like that old guy – you know, gritty, grimy Charlton Heston strength. You know, <laughs> Planet of the Apes strength. Ever moving
0: to the country and like woodworking and stuff, he's getting more and more. Oh, he's woodworking now. Yeah, he I builds he was... tables and stuff. I mean, oh, he's still right. that's like a hobby. Oh, it's, it's a hobby. All right. yeah. cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm trying to get him to build tables for the studio. I saw you looking at that knife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting tainted today. We're going double nothing. Holy shit. Oh, okay. All right. I
1: guess we're done. <laughs> see it. See, you wanted to see it. it All so right. It wasn't so bad, right? It wasn't so bad, right? No, it wasn't that so bad. No, actually, you got the point. That's enough. No, no, it's not. That's enough. Nice meeting you. Thanks, Caleb. No, this one's not so hard. It's, it's this one.
0: Yeah, I felt it.
1: You felt it? Yeah, I felt it. Yeah, I missed it. the first time. It smells like burning hair now. Yeah. Here, now you do it to me. I don't want to. No, I lost the bet. We said we did, yeah.
0: How do you turn it off? You up? just push I'm the just button. Kidding. Yeah. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> you really got me though. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Take the battery out.
1: <laughs> Is that on air? Yeah. Oh no, cuz we get it, we oh,
0: okay, right. Yeah, we're here. Right. Everybody's been recording. We're good. All right. Where were we? Sorry to interrupt. Um yeah. I thought I would get you by surprise there. You did. <laughs> <laughs> and it surprised me. <laughs> So Cormier and Lewis, obviously, Cormier is going to take that. Oh
1: my God, it's it's going Does to Lewis be... have any
0: chance at all? Like no. if he spends the next two no. months, no, 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 no. there's no. not enough time.
1: It's, it's no, November, no. right? You could give him ten years, he'll never be. <laughs> no, no, it's just the truth. It's just it's just he's not that skilled, and he just has. Is uh, it a championship? It's got, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's has so, got given power. That's all.
0: Does Corm- Did Cormier have to defend the heavyweight title? Like right? In, is that why he has to do a fight right now? Because why is he not fighting Jones?
1: No, I think Cormier, as I understand it, I'm not sure, but he stepped in because somebody canceled. Okay. So he was just trying to save the show. So he just did a cool thing for the. UK. But
0: he's getting the light heavyweight championship stripped, and the the Jones Justin's fight is going to be for the championship. No, really? That's what I. That's what I read. Are you sure? Yeah. No Ninety nine percent sure that that.
1: Oh because well, he hasn't defended
0: in a while. So, yeah, okay. Cormier is defending the heavyweight championship, and then whoever wins the because Jones was. He the was champ, not. He right. was the champ. He should be the champ because right. he didn't. He didn't. you we'll lose. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, so they're going to unify the belt,
1: and then probably Cormier will go back down and, and wait and fight him again. Yeah, that, that sounds fair, I guess. And yeah. then,
0: then they'll go back and forth and just keep getting bigger and smaller and fight heavyweight and light heavyweight for the next ten. years. I,
1: I think I would like to see. Um, I would like to see uh, Stipe fight uh, Cormier again. Yeah. So I think I think he, he took him by surprise. That was that was a good fight. I mean, Stipe lost, but it was a good fight. Um, it was interesting, and um, it kind of brings me back to um, you know what I was saying before. It, there there was this um Stephen Kesting has this podcast called The Strenuous Life, and he's amazing. And I recommend everybody listen to that podcast. It's a fantastic podcast. But he had a person on called Ian Abernathy, who's from the traditional karate world. And you know, they're kind of discussing traditional karate and stuff like that. And you know, obviously as a traditional karate guy, you know, he's not watching MMA or anything like that. And and what most people do who really talk about self-defense, because most people who do not follow MMA Go into either the performance world or you know the meditative world, or they go into the self defense world. You know they're like, well, you know, MMA is not the street. Mm-hmm. The streets, there's no glass on the floor and there's <laughs> <laughs> whatever, dude. You know, um, first of all, actually. Being the psychopath that I am, I have actually rolled with – <laughs> oh I've actually sparred on, on like, street where we knew there was this broken class and Was stuff that, like in that. No, that in here. Japan? No, that was here. It was here. Okay. <laughs> it was in Flushing, Queens. Oh.
0: Well, <laughs> Not it was Flushing. Always... It,
1: was, it was actually a little further back. It was, uh, uh, like, Auburndale area. But, yeah, it's hard yeah. to
0: find a, pi- a place in Queens that doesn't Yeah, it's
1: a parking lot with there. tons of glass. And yeah. I'm like, all right, well, we'll just fight here and see what happens. And nothing changes. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. – um, it's just an experiment to to make sure you know what you do works. And the only way you really know is if you do it. But so a lot of what self-defense people say is that, you know, oh, fighting a technical opponent is so different than fighting a street fighter. And this is what Ian Abernathy said. And also someone came in from the – Combat is world in my academy. So you know, and they said, oh, well, you know, nobody on the fight's gonna throw a Superman punch. So like learning to defend a Superman punch is not real fighting. So when you're fighting a technical guy, it's like totally different from actual fighting. It's just, it's just, you know, which is the biggest hunk of steaming horse manure <laughs> I've ever heard. It's just it's like so suddenly the rules of combat. The rules of combat are just totally different the minute you put a, a a eight-sided fence around people. Mm-hmm. Just completely different. So if we took out the eight-sided fence and put an alleyway, suddenly Stepe and and whoever else or or whatever else, there's suddenly a different fight. Yeah. No, it's not. What it, the difference is is this. And for example, look at Derek Bruns uh, Derek, you know Bruns Brunson no um what's Lewis. His name? Lewis Derek Lewis, right. Um, Derek Lewis is a street fighter. That's what he is. He's a big guy with power. Mm. Okay, what is um, you, you know you look at look at so many guys that basically the same moves you see on the street you see in MMA you just see them better. Mm-hmm. So what did what did Georges St. Pierre and what did uh, um, uh, um, uh, Khabib, Khabib win with? They won with a jab. Mm-hmm. So if a guy's trying to punch me wild oh. on the street, you know what I'm going to try to beat him with a jab. That's what I'm going to throw first. I'm going to throw a jab. Pop pop. And then I'm going to use that jab to shoot in on them or throw my one-two. The best combination in, in any fighting sport street is the old one-two jab cross. And every single fighter who trains knows you're throwing your jab cross over and over. What you're doing is you're taking the fundamentals and you're making them much more refined. And let me tell you, if you were in a street fight, Matt, would you like to be on the level of refinement a one or a ten? A 12. A 12, right. Yeah, I want right. to be high. It's a right, battle. right. And if you're an MMA fight, you want to be a 12. And in a street fight, you'd rather be a 12. Sure. So maybe it would work if you're a 2, but wouldn't you rather be a 12? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because, and let me tell you, you actually need to be a 12. Not only do you want to be, because let me tell you, everybody's definition of a street fight is retarded because they're not thinking logically. First of all, you know what actually one of the, some of the most common street fight um, thing is, it's actually date rape. Because <laughs> we're thinking from a male perspective. You know what's more common? You're, you're a girl because let's not think about it, just guys. You're a girl. You were at a college and, you know, Mr. Kavanaugh or something just starts pawing on you and, mm-hmm. you know, assault, sexually assault you. That's actually more common than, you know, two guys doing their freaking ape, you know, monkey dance for, for honor. What most guys think of as a street fight is not a street fight. They think of a situation where they're gonna look like an idiot in front of their peers. That's what they're thinking. Like they're thinking of the 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 school football field after five o'clock when classes got out, and, you know, Biff talks shit to you in the hallway, and I'll meet you after school. Mm-hmm. That's not self-defense. That's not a street fight. That's ego defense. That's what everybody thinks. They're like they're like, oh, you know, I'm going to be embarrassed. That's not what we're talking about here. When you look at statistics, most of the time people are assaulted from behind. They're, the assassination pattern, which you know, Eugene Lynn talked about, they just jump you from behind or two on one. And if you're not a 12, if you're not incredibly efficient at what you do, you're just toast. The other thing is most actual assaults involve a weapon. And weapon combat is incredibly fast. If somebody's swinging a knife at you, and they're not even trained, but that knife is fast, that's going to be fast. You better be fast. And if you think you think you're going to get through that life or death scenario being a, on the scale of refinement a four or two or three, and not a twelve, you're 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 as full of shit as Conor McGregor.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know the other thing is, if you can't grapple, you can't fight. Yeah. Because most self-defense encounters involve a guy and guy, gender equivalent, male and male violence involve a weapon. That's true. That's a statistic fact. Look at the Justice Department. Mm-hmm. Weapon combat way outweighs guys trying to box each other. Yeah. So if, you, if you're if you you're not grappling, which is the best way to deal with a knife, if you're not stand-up grappling, I'm not talking wrestling. I'm not talking jiu only. I'm talking stand-up grappling, clinch grappling. If you're not clinch grappling and hand fighting and also working your footwork and angling all the time you are not preparing yourself for combat Mm -hmm. and that's but you know we do that's mma right there that is mma and you know who said that all the time he didn't say that he was mma but he's bruce lee said that if you know we have to make the divisions between classical styles go away and he's like in a real fight most of these people are playing they're not they're not learning how to fight they're learning how to play Mm. so you know there's no difference between the technique that you on offense want to use in MMA and what you want to use in a street fight um, in terms of, you know, how you use it is a little different, but you're going to use a jab, you're going to use takedowns, you're going to use chokes, and you're going to use throws. Now, obviously, you know, when you're dealing with knives, it's a little different, but if you are used to hand fighting in the clinch, then you're, you're going to be able to defend a knife. And you see this taser knife that I tased you with just now? Well, I just used it yesterday grappling with my students when they're trying to stab me. And you know what I'd use? I used wrestling hand fighting. You know, when I, when, I, when I talk about striking with my students and they just want to stand up in front of guys and brawl, I'm like, don't do that. Imagine he has a knife in his hand. Move around. Stick and weave and bob and move. That's how you avoid a weapon if you can't grapple right away. Mm-hmm. Kick his kneecap. Move around. And the, we're doing unarmed versus armed. But – that's the way you're going to fight if a guy has a weapon too. Sure. And it's also the smart way to fight when you're fighting a striker who's really good and fast. And it's what Khabib did. You stick that jab and you clinch, right? right? Obviously, I'm not going to jab a guy as a knife right away. What I'm going to do is try to isolate the knife. But we take the tools from MMA and we just, we just remix them. We, we, we shake them around a little bit mm-hmm. for each context. But the thing about MMA is it refines each of those tools. Completely refines them. Make you at a 12 level of refinement. Okay? The way guys shoot doubles – and singles in the UFC is very, very, very high level. If I'm on the street, I want that level of of double and single, yeah, especially if I'm fighting two on one people or the guy's a baseball bat. I want to finish that fight fast, yeah. you know or or the other thing I'm talking about, say a guy sucker punched me and I'm bleeding, and I have a cracked skull, and I'm on my knees. I better be a twelve in efficiency because it's the only way I'm going to be able to win this fight at twenty percent strength because mm-hmm. he yeah. he he assaulted me when i wasn't aware i'm down i'm not at 100 percent. i'm down i'm i'm really struggling to to survive if my if tech if my technique is not like kevin lee remember kevin lee mm-hmm. where barbosa kicked him with the wheel kick in the face and just sent him on to you know bring brought, brought his teeth to ohio <laughs> you know and then what do you do he's on wobble legs he's on jello legs and he shoots a double and takes the guy down yeah. How do you do that? You do it because you're super efficient. That's the kind of technique you have to do to survive an assault. Okay? Prepare for the worst. Yeah. Prepare for the absolute worst. Yeah. And if you're not, you're full of shit.
0: Do you guys uh, at Radical, do you guys train uh, gun defense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. With yeah. The, I have a bunch of LEOs. And right now we have a room in the back upstairs. With We're trying to pad it up because we train with them um, airsoft. Mm-hmm. Little plastic pellets. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. And they go everywhere. So the one time I really did it, it was like, a nightmare to clean up, yeah. which sounds silly, but it's really not. When you have to clean up eight hundred pellets, sure. and then then you're stepping on them for like three days straight. So the, the we're going to tackle up the make the room uh, tackle room eventually, and uh, and and do the airsoft there. Right now, we just use the rubber guns, which is not realistic, but we use rubber guns. Uh, but uh, only a few of my students are really really able to do that. What I what I usually do is that uh, work only with the law enforcement officers, right, for that one, or the super high level guys. Um, the only high level guys right now who are ready to do that. Are all getting all getting focused on MMA fights, so we're a little bit more fight specific. G has a fight mm-hmm. in um, in a few weeks. Another guy coming up as a fight, so we're we're a little bit more fight specific. Yeah. Um, uh, so, but it's part of your ranking to to be ranked on my system to unknow these defensive tactics mm-hmm. for for our weapons. But if you're if you're not in close quarter combat range and you're facing a gun, you have no chance of winning. You know, like if the guy's like six feet away from you and taking a bead on you, mm-hmm. you got to just run. Yeah. You know, you can't charge the guy. <laughs> I mean, not saying you can't, but it's really hard, and yeah. and it, that's not the best. You know, what he is is the guy puts a gun to your face or something like that, and is trying yeah, to take close, you somewhere. Close. Then you have some chance, obviously not a lot, but there's a person in our community who woke up with a with a gun pointed at his head and said, "You know, I'm going to kill your entire family unless you empty all your bank accounts." and give me every single title, you know, to your cars, keys and everything right now. And he had a gun to his head and another guy had a gun to his wife's head. He woke up in his bed like that. That's kinda how what we're talking about here. And he survived that encounter and and uh and managed to take those guys down. So um and Brandon Vera was actually at present, the MMA fighter was there in the in the house at the time. So um uh, it's a legitimate, true story. That's the wrong house to attack. Uh, no kidding. To attack. <laughs>
0: no kidding. Right?
1: But you know you think even then you get the drop on a guy when you sneak into the house and put yeah. a gun to his head. But you'd be surprised. That's what we're dealing with now. Do you have that speed? No. Do you, did you train that speed over and over again to beat the pull on that trigger? Uh-huh. If, you're not, if you're not training to be that 12, you, that trigger will beat you. That knife slash will beat you. You've got to be fast. Mm-hmm. Right? And also you have to be efficient, not just fast in your raw speed. But your your efficiency of technique, you know, and um, so training in the MMA paradigm is the the best way to get it because you're training against the best guys who are doing the best, and they're not always. The, like a like good example is 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 um um uh Lewis. Lewis is not technical, but he's fast and strong. That is the kind of energy you're going to get in a street
0: fight. Mm-hmm. He's just an uber street fighter. Yeah, he's great in one minute. Right, burst. right, 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 right. But he's a street fighter. He's yeah. a street
1: fighter. You know who else is a street fighter? Kind of. Uh, Romero, I mean, yeah. he's, t- he's a like we talked about. It, he's like a combatives guy. It's like he explodes on you really fast. So if you can deal with an energy like that, you can deal with anybody on the street
0: who's not you know who's trying to assault you unarmed. I got unharmed a question or, about how to yeah. defend against somebody on the street. How do you how do you stop somebody that is playing music on their phone really loud? <laughs>
1: No, you know, it's funny. You're making a joke, right? (laughs) But it's kind of true. You know, it's like we live in a time where our narcissism – and I thought about this yesterday because I was in a cab. And this guy on a bike, on a bike, on a motorcycle – has speakers attached to his motorcycle, blasting music down the street with no regard yeah. for other people's you know, space. And it's kind of like an American thing where we're going to do what the fuck we want to do and fuck all of you, you know? Uh-huh. And and it's part of our narcissistic culture that we've developed over the last 20 years. You know, it's like starting in the 80s. I mean, it was a little before that, but really it's worse since the 80s where suddenly there are people we don't care about anybody else but ourselves. And it's a very troubling thing. And you know, I, I think that's also part of what makes McConnell McGregor so charismatic, is like, I don't give a shit about you. I don't give a shit about I'm just here for myself. Mm-hmm. And all these guys that 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 are super narcissists, it, it appeals to something that's very modern in in our American culture. I don't know. I mean obviously I, I I'm not that old. I'm I'm not young, but I'm not that old, but I can't remember what it was like in the sixties or fifties or forties. But but I, I really feel that it's worse now that that, that crazy narcissism and where you're on a t- train and somebody's just kind of like ruining your space. Honestly, with the level of toxicity in, in, in our human interactions, you know, I would say a lot of times you ask people to turn the music down and then they're like, fuck you, motherfucker, and then you just have a bad day. So, what I do is I look at the guy and I've had this experience. I look at the guy. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, dude, would, you know, you just ask Billy, would you mind, you know, lowering the music? And you just say it really nicely. And if he doesn't, you know, just walk away. You know, it's not, it's not worth it for me to ruin my day, and also possibly get into an altercation where I actually hurt someone. You know, um, and I'm not here to prove anything either. You know, that's not ego defense. You know, like a lot of guys be like, what? you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna punch his face in. You guys, you're you 40 years of martial art training. Why should you put up with this shit? Well, you know, what do I have to prove? Mm-hmm. why 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 do i have to do this thing now what you but it's a, it's an issue that we are we are so um disrespectful to other people's space and especially here in new york there's a level of toxicity in our human interactions which is very worrisome and and um and a level of narcissism um and me 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 culture uh and i don't know i don't know the answer to that you know, and I know a lot of self-defense altercations started with issues like that. I was almost involved in one. Um I was on a train and uh there was a woman who asked someone, these two people to turn the music down, and they started cursing her out intensely, incredibly aggressively and being um incredibly intimidating towards her. And this was a, you know, for late 40s woman. So um it became a situation where i kind of had to like step in a little bit and nothing happened eventually but but it was a very it started with the simple request of turning the music down mm. and that can escalate very quickly so you have to before you say something you know uh, obviously you could you could say it nicely you know hey do you mind lowering it and if they don't if there's i guess we appeal to the you know trained people but it, it's 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 an issue when it comes to all of us getting along and i don't have an answer to that I don't have an answer. I my my first answer is to kill them with kindness. You know? Um and that was the answer of Gichi Funakoshi Gichin was the founder of karate. He's like he he there's a famous story of him encountering a drunk ruffian uh in Tokyo who was you know and and we think of Tokyo as very sanitized right now, but 100 years ago Tokyo was rougher had rough points like New York and, and Funakoshi did not live in a, a nice area because he, he was uh, a country bumpkin who moved to the big city. And he was dealing with this incredible ruffian who wanted to like, you know, get in his face and yelling at him and this and that. And um and he starts talking to him like a human being and he's like and he's like, hey, you know, I forget exactly how the story was, but he, he's like, do you want to go get a drink? And the guy's like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, let, let me go treat you a drink." And at that time, they would have drinks on, on outside stalls, and you know, he kind of bought him a drink, and and then the guy starts crying and says, "Apologize for being so," mm-hmm. you know, like that, right? I, I don't know the like, veracity of story. the story. Yeah, yeah, he a the situation, and 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 Funakoshi's idea is like, I can kill someone with my hands, so that is a huge responsibility. Also, why, you know, why would you want to get violent in a situation just because you're listening to someone's music? You know, like, yes, it's annoying. Yes, um, we're in a place where there's there's this toxicity of culture. Mm-hmm. But how do you how do you deal with that? These people in your face. And and personally, I had an experience where I was walking with a friend of mine. She was not uh, anybody I was romantically involved with at all. She's my friend's girlfriend. But she's also a very attractive girl. And I was happy to be walking with her. And... Um, we were walking in Queens, and um, this guy started just saying the most disgusting stuff I've ever heard to her. Like, oh my god, just awful. Mm. You know, you know how it is. And I'm sitting there, and he thinks I'm his her girlfriend, her boyfriend, right? Which I'm not. You know, no relationship. We're just friends, right? But she's my friend, and he's just the stuff he said. I cannot repeat. I, I can't physically. Mm-hmm. It makes me ill to think about what he said. Mm-hmm. It's so disgusting. And also, I'm part Latino, and he was Latino, and it, it just there was this thing like oh, you make our people look so bad, you know, like why, you know, like that kind of thing that just mm-hmm. hits you. And you just I got so mad. And and the guy's like, "What's she doing with the loser?" Like, "You man, I was about to fucking kill this guy." Yeah. And I'm you know, and then she's like, "Calm down," you know, this guy's just a loser. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, you're right." You know, you're right. She's yeah. like, and I'm like, and and you know, the thing is, we, we think we get it. Girls get this all the time. Mm-hmm. You think guys get it. It's like our dignity women have to walk around by you know, like construction workers whistling them, making lewd comments. And you know, they're not whipping out forty fives and shooting people. You know, like <laughs> you know, like 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 yeah. yeah, there's a mature way to deal with this. And and she taught me that. She taught me in that moment she was more and more sharp than I was. She said, Chill, we win by going out and having a good time and we went, we had some food and it's a fun time and just and I was like, wow, this is a learning moment. I was about to kill this guy. And I would have – I mean I would have really hurt him. You yeah. know, like I'm trained. At the point, I was fighting too. Mm-hmm. I would have really hurt him. And I was mm-hmm. so angry and out of control. And she said, just don't – and it wasn't that he said it to me because if he would said it to me, I'd be like, Pfft, whatever. Yeah. He said it to this girl. That It's like hit this thing in my mm-hmm. brain, you know? Changes it. Yeah, it changes it, right. But it doesn't. It doesn't. You have no right to hit someone. This goes back to Khabib. You have no right to hit someone for what for just saying bullshit. That being said, you know it's not pleasant. <laughs> it's not pleasant. Yeah. you know. But Khabib's father said it. You know, like he's like, when Khabib gets home, I'm gonna give him more sanction than the UFC's that are gonna <laughs> give him. And and he's like, we don't act like this It's an honor sport. You yeah. know, it's a sport of honor. And his dad was not happy with him because his dad is a real martial artist. You know, sure. who gets it? Who gets it? And I'm trying to be like Khabib's dad. You know. Obviously, he's an older gentleman who gets it and, and also grew up, grew up in a very hard world, like nothing like us. I mean that that culture over there, that's a hard culture, you know, yeah. and and you're judged on your personal honor. You know, if you don't stand up for what you believe, you know, but it's, it's – you know, I have no answer to these. But I'm never going to answer violence – answer with violence towards someone just talking at me uh, or playing music, you know, or something like that. And so I know you asked the question slightly facetiously, but it's a big deal. Because mm-hmm. that's that's kind of how violence starts, you know. Like especially here in New York City, you know, people get in your space, and you're on the train, you're all packed, and one guy's like, "Oh, watch your elbow, fuck you, motherfucker." Well, fuck you, you know. And then yeah. it's da, 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 and suddenly somebody's hurt, yeah, you know. And that starts from the ego defense. It is not self defense, but then it instantly becomes self defense. The guy hits you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but you don't want to back down because you're like, "I'm not going to back down to you, motherfucker."
0: Like it's like your your insecurities have to be defended, yeah. You know, you know what I mean? I'm a big passive aggressive guy. <laughs> you play music over there, I'm gonna play music over here, and it's gonna yeah. be annoying like that music is in think, America I think something.
1: I think that's awesome. I think <laughs> you should play like like uh um uh what's what's that Canadian singer? Um yeah. Drake? No, no, the girl, the, the Titanic singer.
0: Oh, Celine Dion. So, yeah, you should yeah.
1: like play just go yeah. just go out next and play Celine Dion. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I think you know what? Honestly, I think that's a great way to do it. Just just do it back to him.
0: <laughs> yeah, but then careful. we'll have a subway yeah.
1: of like uh <laughs> of like dueling music. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. It's gonna get out of hand. I was on the train this morning and uh I got there's a lot of eye rolls to some guy that brought his dog on the train that was not small and didn't fit in a bag. Oh. People were mad at that guy. But nobody said anything.
1: Yeah, it's they just also moved away. It really, I mean, is it it's not illegal to no. bring a dog? Well, right? yeah.
0: it's against the rules. Oh, really, is it? It has to fit in a bag. Oh. So, I've seen people like cut holes in the bottom of a bag and put like a German shepherd in it. <laughs> it's in a bag. <laughs> but, that's
1: know. funny. Well, you know, it's so funny that New Yorkers love to push and break the rules. Yeah. And that's a problem. You know, like, you know, and I'm saying Japan is is uh I'm not saying Japan is heaven. There's a lot of things wrong with Japan, but that just doesn't happen in Japan. Mm. Like people are more respectful of other people, and that's the problem. Is that we we lose respect for each other. We're so narcissistic and so caught up, and I'm no different. Look, I'm American, and and you know sometimes I get in my own little world. We're so caught up that we don't treat others with the respect they deserve.
0: Well, where does that go? Yeah. Like if the, like a. Uh, I'm a, a Japanese person, and I, I'm going throughout my day, and I'm being super respectful to everybody. I'm being really like humble and and opening the door for people, and yeah. saying please and thank you and all that stuff. Where does that eventually go? Like, there's got to be an outlet. Yeah, they get drunk on Friday night. And they, yeah, okay. <laughs>
1: on Friday night, the steam valve. Gets yeah, yeah, it oh, yeah, disperses. That's you right. You're right. Actually, on Friday night, I used to, we used to, we used to have to call it jumping over the street pizza because uh-huh. at every. Subway turn where there'd be these puddles of vomit where the Japanese businessmen would just get so wasted and just puke on. Like over and over again, it would just be the <laughs> Friday night is the night where they just drink and like go, go to town. Right. But I don't think that's healthy either. But you get because your politeness can't I don't know if it has to be forced because that's what it feels sometimes in Japan like they're forced to do it. And I, I'm not Japanese, so I don't want to speak for a Japanese person. I can only speak for what I, I felt. There, but it would be interesting to feel someone from, from Japan at their, their point of view. But it, it's so much, it's so interesting to live in the Japanese culture where everybody's treating you, even if they don't like you, they'll treat you with a certain amount of respect and deference mm-hmm. just because you're a human being. And it's kind of a cool thing. Um, but then again, you're right. When it's pushed on you to act a certain way, you, you push the other way. Yeah. And there's a steam valve that explodes too. Why,
0: yeah. why do they censor their porn? I never got an answer to that. I don't know.
1: I <laughs> have no idea, Matt.
0: <laughs> I'm asking you the, the hard questions today. Um, I've never been to no, Japan. Okay. Actually, to I do I do have the answer to that. You do have the answer? I
1: do have the answer to that.
0: Should we have it off air? Is that, no, oh, I'll okay. have
1: it on air. A, so this is what I think the answer is, and I believe someone told me this, is that, um, uh you know, Japanese are generally have less body hair than, than Caucasians. Did not stuff, know right? that but okay. Yeah, the, the, Japanese have generally tend to have less body hair, just especially body hair. So yeah. um body hair is um not exposure of body hair is something that is a little bit more um like you know like my arm right here is I guess Peter can't see it, but I have a lot of hair on my forearms. So, like there's there's very few Japanese people with that. And if if they do they're like, "Oh my god, this guy's so hairy." You know, it's like <laughs> a big deal. There's a super I hate Robin
0: Williams, jeez. Robin Williams? Yeah. He's very hairy. Oh no, no, like but he's, he's white. So yeah, he's white. So it doesn't. Oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's like
1: yeah, yeah. So so um, they they you know when they part of the the porn rules, as I understand it, is you know to to stop lasciviousness. So body hair exposure is a slight expression of lasciviousness. So that is why it is the hair is actually what's um you know what's uh, blacked out.
0: Interesting. Yeah.
1: So um hmm. you know it's it's a uh, um. Uh, as, as I understand it, and it was explained to me sometime because we were talking about like like different values. Because somebody asked me a similar question, is or and and when, this is when I was in Japan. It's like why is Japanese um, entertainment, not just pornography, but all entertainment, very extreme and weird and and kind of bizarre in some ways. And yet, there's certain things that they would never do, like you know, like show penetration. And so it's kind of interesting. What I find is is this and and, and is that whenever you see. Uh, What seems paradoxical to us, you're entering uh, the mentality of that culture. So for example, Japanese um, are very polite. But when someone sneezes, they don't say anything. Like they don't say, God bless you. So you're like, what is going on here? Why don't they say, God bless you? Well, then if you actually think about it, what's the origin of God bless you? It's actually from the plague because if you started sneezing, you're probably going to die. This is going, you know, 15th century England. Mm -hmm. So they're like trying to give you your last rites. So it's very rooted that God bless you. It's very rooted into our Judeo-Christian culture. So then you're like, oh, well, obviously they don't have – they never had plague because they didn't have have much mosquitoes and plague and it wasn't tempered. So they don't have that Judeo-Christian culture either and that blessing and, you know, their last rites. So that's why they don't do that. Oh, that's interesting. So what seems paradoxical to us is like a learning moment to reexamine who we are and who they are mm-hmm. and step out of our your own assumptions. So, you know, what we feel is right is not always right in other cultures. What we feel is lascivious and pornographic can be nothing to other cultures like in Japan they have this enormous festival that's this, the penis deity festival I don't know if you've heard of it where they walk around with enormous penises all over the place but it's, it's, a, it's a fertility festival yeah. you know, it's nothing pornographic but for people like oh my god this is crazy you know? yeah. um, so it's a, it's a time to, to examine your way of looking at the world and one of the things that I loved about living in Japan was it's a moment of reflection of your own values Like, why do, why do I think this way why? Why is this way? Is this the right way to live? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I don't know. And when I came back from Japan, I changed the way I thought about the world and and adopted some Japanese values that I felt were really a better way to live for me.
0: Is that why you never say God bless you when I sneeze? <laughs>
1: That's because I want you to die, Matt. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you know what else is, is interesting is that I adopted the Japanese sadism. You know, Japanese is a very sadistic culture. Yeah. I was actually a very nice person before I went to Japan. And when I, when I arrived <laughs> to Japan, you know, they have all these TV shows where people, they, people are like victims of practical jokes and mm-hmm. all that. And I'd and be like, oh, my God, that's horrible. How is this so mean? And then six years later, I'm like, ah, ha, 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 look at that guy suffer.
0: <laughs> there was one. I watched a Japanese game show, and it was uh, – I don't know. I didn't understand anything they were saying, but uh, the person walks into an elevator and then yeah. the floor it drops falls out. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs>
1: it's terrible and
0: hilarious. But it's terrifying. It's
1: terrible. And, and it's, like, it's like some of these things are really not scripted. Do you know that they have these practicals went really far in the 90s and unfortunately, one Chinese actor who was visiting, he was trying to make it in Japan, but he was a Chinese star. He went on to these, these shows and he actually – they did the practice. He fell in his head and died. It oh was terrible. God. It was terrible. And then – but this, the scene the, – the, I didn't see it, but somebody saw like he falls on his head. It was live, right? And they're like, Aha! oh, shit. Yeah, right? <laughs> and it was like suddenly silence and the TV comes off and then yeah. he was dead. But they, they're not scripted. You know mm-hmm. some are I'm sure some are, but but mm-hmm. a lot of them are really, really true. one of my favorite ones is um it's just terrible is uh, <laughs> it's so bad it's so funny is um they take a boyfriend and a girlfriend right, and they ask girlfriend is it, do you think your boyfriend is like um is is faithful to you right and she's like, eh, I don't know, okay, we'll test that so they take this really, really pretty girl and they put him they insert him in his life, and the whole time they're they're filming him and like she'll be like, oh you know, do you have a boyfriend? I mean, do you have a girlfriend? And he'll be like, no. And he does, oh you know. God. And they're like, you want to go out tonight? And he's like, and then he'll say, uh, yeah. And and then right as he'll say, they'll, they'll tell the girlfriend who's watching the whole thing to call him and say, what are you doing? And he'll have to lie. And he's like, oh, I'm at home watching TV. Oh, and my he's, God. And, and they, filmed, lives. Right, they filmed the whole thing. And then, then right when they're going to like at the end of the date when the girl's going to, the plant girl's going to, you know, have sex with the guy the girlfriend walks in and then she films though she shows the whole, she saw the whole thing it's just terrible it's wow. like, and you're just squirming watching it I can't watch it and it's it is it is a, a, so sadistic and hilarious at the same time but oh, you're like
0: because okay. you know the guy deserves it too sure <laughs> <laughs> there wouldn't be a show if he said yes. I have a girlfriend. Bye-bye. No, no, you know,
1: and actually, I think a few of them did that, though. Yeah. You know, and they're like, oh, you know, and they showed it too. But you know, well,
0: I saw them. another one. that We're going down a rabbit hole. I, yeah. um, it was, it was. Uh, I think it was. I have no idea what it's called, but I know the premise of the show. It was uh, they put people in a room, and there's lots of items in the room, and some of them are made of chocolate, and some of them are not. And they're made and of they like wasabi to, or something, right? No, oh. it's like a, like a doorknob. It's oh. either a doorknob or it's chocolate, and you can't use your hands. You have to use your mouth to figure out which which is oh, chocolate. It's weird. So they have to like, go around and bite a doorknob, <laughs> and sometimes it'll be chocolate, and sometimes it'll be a doorknob. Uh, that's actually pretty tame for it's very tame. Like, <laughs> it's it, weird. It's no long, know? and we're not ruining any lives here. <laughs> you might ruin some teeth. Maybe but. there's stuff. Maybe there's stuff in the in the chocolate, or I don't know. Yeah. I didn't watch the whole thing.
1: In in a personal level, there's there's a lot of times we had this where they'd order a huge sushi plate. And it's like you know, 20 pieces of – 30 pieces of sushi. And one of them is like filled to the brim with, with like chunks of wasabi. Yeah. And nobody knows which one it is. And we're all eating. And then you go, ah, and everybody laughs. And it's, it's like a thing that Japanese do. It's, it's part of their culture. It's and
0: a way to release uh, the pressure. Exactly.
1: pressure, And it's also, I believe, a remnant of their military culture mm-hmm. because all military culture has a certain element of hazing. And hazing taken too far is not good. But it, hazing, to a certain extent, build, toughens you up. Like your older brother, kind of, you know, hey, hey, Matt, you know, come on, let's get toughen you up. And it is a way to kind of toughen you up. And, and Japan is the only country to go immediately from feudalism into the modern era. It's the only country um, that went straight from, you know, feudalism. And and a military feudal dictatorship. I mean, basically, you know, knights of the, you know, mm-hmm. the, the the feudalism of the, ninth of the 12th century, 13th century, mm-hmm. ends, and then we have the, you know, Renaissance, the Enlightenment, Industrial Revolution, Modern Era. Japan went straight from feudalism, and a very 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 strict form of feudalism and a warrior culture, a very Spartan warrior culture, right into the modern era. So they retain some of these. Elements of warrior culture is why we, why we laud them so much. We re, They retain some of these warrior culture elements in their modern society. And some of them are very laudable and taken too far. They're terrible because the de- absolute annihilation and destruction of your enemy with no mercy, mm-hmm. you know, which is, you know, what the Japanese did in World War II. Not laudable. But, you know, getting – making your kids develop some grit like um, – a lot of Japanese, especially in the in the winter, they have this thing. I, it depends on the region, but I know in one region they have all the kids stripped to like little bathing suits in the morning in the snow, and they run to school. and we're talking like four year- old kids, but they, and the whole town does it, and mm-hmm. they they run, they run to toughen the kids up you know and and nobody gets hurt nobody dies but you know they toughen the kids up mm. and that would never fly here but no. in Japan it's like hey man we got to get a little tough and i, I think that's a good thing sure. you know not being soft and and um and that's actually dying out in Japan too they're becoming much more american but but um but when i was there there was always a certain element of maybe got to toughen up a little bit and and you got to you got to also exercise self control and I think hazing and, and is, is is something similar to that when I tease you so much, you just get a thick skin mm-hmm. and and um and and so there's some elements of that that are kind of cool, but then there's some of them also just kind of like sadistic and bad <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs>
1: but that's that's my experience with that and my multicultural experience in, in you know, but but it comes down to the fact that you know we we respect these values of self- control and um but at the end of the day, you have to decide. What your personal values are. You know, I know personally through my journey through through different cultures and countries and training in many places, I've piecemealed the way that I feel that I want to live my life and the way I'm going to respond to provocation and anger. And um, and I guess everybody has to answer that too, you know. And Hex and Grace has a great quote. He says, I'm not here to tell you what to do. You have to have your own personal code of honor and follow that. I know what my code is, you know. And if somebody says something to my about my daddy, then it's going to be a problem. Mm. you know that's his personal code of honor. I don't agree with it, you know I respect Hicks and Gracie a lot, but that's his personal code well, that's my personal code yeah you know
0: find your line,
1: find yeah, find your line exactly find yeah. your line but Interesting. um but I just don't believe that you should respond to to anything other than violence with violence now if you if you touch me, man, all bets are off, man, I'm never
0: touching you. <laughs> Right, you can touch
1: yeah. me anytime you want, Matt. Oh, you my do. God.
0: <laughs> you, can't, you can't meet – you have to meet the level with the, level, the same level. Right, right. Or you're escalating and then you're in the Roman.
1: Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, well, I have no problem escalating to a
0: certain extent. I'm sure you know, you but, but
1: no, but, you know, like <laughs> in the – because it will be the element of self-life preservation.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, if you're right, defending yeah. yourself, yeah, of course, right. go balls to the wall. Yeah. Grab whatever you can. Yeah. Uh, were you surprised that, that Chael Sonnen lost? No. Okay, we won't spend too much time. But I was about surprised him, but... how fast he lost. Yeah.
1: And Fedor, you know, like I gotta give, give the guy credit. He still had some. He had some game.
0: What is he like? Sixty years old? No, he's not that old. But he's
1: he's he's old. Yeah, he's in mm. his forties. You know, he's not. My, he's about my age, a little younger. And uh, he's a little younger than me. But you know, um, you know, he's still the guy. Old man strength. Don't mm-hmm. sleep on it. And Chelsea Holland's like, I don't even know if he's training.
0: <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah.
1: But but it was a game. It was a fight. It was a fight. It was a fight. It was actually more entertaining than I thought it would be. All and right. yes, I did watch Bellator. And the rest <laughs> of that card was freaking awful. It I was just terrible. Oh, my God. It was
0: terrible. Um, Ferguson, great fight. We didn't talk too much about the undercard.
1: You know what? I'm going to ruin it. Let's save that for another comment. Okay. I don't think it was a great fight. No. It was an exciting fight. Yeah. It was very exciting. But it was not the kind of – it was not T.J. Stilochelle, Cody Garber. It was not Dominic Cruz, you know, uh, DJ. It was, it, was, it was less technical and more tough man. Again, you know, like, we're, it's like, that's the way the street fight's going to work. No, they were, they were technical, but there should have been – I was sitting with some people, with, with Professor Ken, and we're just looking there and we're like, ah, why are you just sitting in the pocket and trading? You know, mm-hmm. that's not smart. But, uh, but, but they were good. They were ve- very, very good. But mm-hmm. um, they were going to – they were in a contest of wills rather than a contest of technique. Yeah. And I like to see more contests of technique.
0: Yeah, you like yeah. the technique. Yeah, yeah, I like the violence. Yeah, no. uh, <laughs> but very
1: exciting fight. No sure, question. yeah. That uh, capoeira kick, that the, the one hand, you know, capoeira kick was pretty yeah. cool. And you then, know, when you uh, went in one hand and kicked him? Yeah. That was actually pretty
0: cool. And then uh, Michelle. Oh, good fight. Uh, karate hottie.
1: And and Ard
0: Lee Ard, 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 Ard Lee, Lee
1: that she did a premiere fight with the with another girl fight where the girl was really tight. She got on the girl's uh, back. Okay. And, oh my god. Um Ard, Ard Lee Lee Ashley, I forgot her name. But uh no, Michelle Waterson looked sharp as a knife, man. Did a good job. That jam. was a good fight.
0: Uh so it was a good main event? No, great card good, too. Yeah, good, yeah. good fight card. Yeah. Um there was a lot of good fights on that on that card. Yeah. A lot of good fights. Especially yeah. the one between the, the, the Khabib and uh Yes. Uh, and what's his name? That Irish dude. Fucking what's his name? I don't know.
1: I, he's uh, you know he's already he's already washed up. You
0: yeah. know, we'll never tear that again. Guy. Yeah. Vince's man's calling Uh so we got a good end oh, of I the year. Oh, I heard he owns
1: he owns a, a distillery now.
0: Oh yeah, but well, of course he does. <laughs> um We got a good end of the year coming up. Uh we have to get through the kind uh, the Cormier fight. That's gonna be embarrassing. But then we're gonna end it with John Jones.
1: Yeah, you know what? You know what would be crazy? If Lewis actually knocked
0: Cormier out, it would be, be. crazy. He would He has the power. <laughs> of course he has the he power. If he makes the connection. No,
1: you know what? That's why you can't sit and, sit and trade with people.
0: You Isn't know? the next UFC in uh, in Madison Square Garden, right? Yeah, there's one coming up in Madison Square Garden. A big one, yeah. UFC, it's two, two it's 230, yeah. yeah. Cormier. Yeah, yeah. Gotta get tickets. You gonna go?
1: If I can afford it. Um. Yeah, I never go to live events. <laughs> I, I, I don't enjoy it too much. It's too much, too much, uh, too much, you know, beer swinging, you know. i want going to see
0: who else is on the fight.
1: Do you know who else is on the... No, no, I forgot. I, I looked it up like three, four days ago, and then I, I just kind of scrolled over it. Rockhold Weidman. Oh, my God, that's a great fight. Oh, wow, that's a really good fight. And they, they're training partners, too. So they train together a lot.
0: So just be happy. I like, I like people when they hate each other. Uh, Sousa Branch.
1: Oh, yes. David Branch and...
0: Jo- okay, that's a great fight. Wow, yeah. David
1: Branch, my my uh, old-time training partner.
0: Derek Brunson, Israel Adesanya. Oh,
1: my God. That's a good one, too. Wow, that's a great card. Oh, my God. That's stacked.
0: All right. I'll watch it. That's it. That's it. We've All caught right. up. Yeah, yeah. We're ready to go. We'll talk about Ferguson next week and do a full breakdown if you'd like. Um, thank everybody for listening. And uh, I did get a, a tase today. Yeah. Slightly. Tased and confused. The battery is out now, so I saw him reaching for it. He's like, I'm gonna tase him again <laughs> before I leave. He's putting the battery back in.
1: So but but you know, you did win one bet with me. So um I tased you too. No, no, We're no, even. but uh but you gotta do it on air. You gotta do it on air. <laughs> I gotta tase you, air Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta eat it. All right, all right, go ahead. Oh, Jesus. oh man, not... <laughs> that
0: is dangerous. Oh. I gotta get one of those. How do I get oh, do I need a God. license to get one of those? Oh my God! Yeah, this, really we got to air out the studio. It <laughs> smells like burnt hair. <laughs> yeah. uh, are we betting on? the uh, We're not betting on the Cormier fight. Yeah, let's bet on it. That's, uh,
1: on the Cormier. Yeah, let's. Okay, first round finish. Second round finish. Oh, third God. round finish. I say second round finish. Third? No, you know what? I say third round finish.
0: I'll say first. You say first. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'll probably lose this one. Are we gonna bet on the how it's finished? No, I don't. want
1: to I believe second or third round finish. You say first. Oh. I'll say first. Oh man that really <laughs> burnt my
0: skin <laughs> you do have a sadistic side you like being
1: oh, check this smell, I'm not smelling that? your arm I can
0: smell it from here
1: <laughs> it's like really burn. <laughs>
0: alright uh, please uh, share the show tell your friends if you want them to enjoy the the, the screams nature. of Renee and, and myself uh, let's figure out what we're gonna do you have any other weapons you can you bring one of the airsoft guns we'll shoot each other that doesn't hurt
1: no, no. it doesn't really hurt but you gotta wear goggles you gotta be careful
0: mm-hmm. do you have any other weapons a lot, actually. Okay. Maybe we'll do an on-site. I'll come up, come there and you can, you actually, can attack Actually, I'm me. patenting a self-defense
1: tool for people to feel safe. Um, I can't talk too much about it, but. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. Um, but I could bring it in and, and you know, hit you with it.
0: <laughs> Nobody can see what it actually well, I have is. to. I, I, I attack you, right? And then you defend yourself with this tool.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. You can have that. You can have the taser knife and Oh, boy. Me. Yeah. Because that's the whole idea. It's to be defended. This room's not big enough. To defend against uh, knife assaults.
0: I I fight dirty. You don't have enough hair. I like to pull hair. I'll wear wear a wig. (laughs) All right. This is getting (laughs) off the rails. Thanks for listening. Uh, Share, subscribe, review, rate, and tell your friends. See you next week. See you next week. Bye-bye.